with Stephanus addicted themselves to the ministry. And if you wanted, uh, if you wanted an addiction, that's a good one. Just tell the story of Jesus as often as you can. And I tell you what, it's, it's a joy. It really is. And uh, all right, turn in your Bible to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, we are starting tonight our first message in a series through 1 Peter. And uh, we're going to get a little background tonight and a little bit of application. I've, I've, I, I shouldn't say this, okay, okay. but <laughs> it shouldn't. This should be a nice, tidy, short beginning message, and uh, we'll see what happens. The application may go totally off the rails, and we're here for another uh, thirty minutes than more than I thought, but probably not. So, anyway, First Peter. Let's read it, if you would please. Verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. You see you have the Trinity there? You have the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. And I better, oh, I gotta stay focused. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And I'm going to stop there for our reading, and uh, we are really going to not get past verse number 1 tonight, and we're just going to look at a little bit of an introduction. And I want to look at this subject that God, God uses the crazies. How many know people out there, they're just the crazies, man? They're a little, they're a little off. They're a little touched, right? And uh, can I tell you, God likes that. God can use that type of person. And I want to look at this tonight. If you remember back when King Asa, what a great King Asa was, and after he had kind of had a lot of victory with God, and uh, and uh, he had called upon God when the Ethiopians came and the Lubims came, he turned to God and God delivered him. And I'm telling you, Asa was a wonderful king, but he was having trouble with the northern kingdom with Israel. And because, you know, it's kind of like as Judah was kind of like Florida today, right? Everybody in these these Yankee territory. Oh, I'm sorry, brother. All these people in these northern states that are that are flooding out of California and New York. And I see ta- you see the tags around here, don't you? Oregon and Washington. I saw two from New York the other day and I, I saw it and I went, no, please no. Hopefully it's vacation, right? And uh, and you see all of these uh, these tags and stuff like that. Uh, and they're coming here, and they're going to Florida, and they're going to play. Because why? Because there's freedom, right? You can own a gun, and you can shoot your cat, and you can do it. You know, you can do all sorts of fun stuff like that. And so a- Judah was kind of like that compared to Israel. Asa was a godly man. Israel didn't have didn't have a godly king at the time, and they were all trying to get down into Judah. Well, Israel's like, we can't have that, so they start you know blocking stuff off and taking over and trying to keep people to go down there. And you know what happens? Uh, he, he has a problem there. So Asa, who has called on God over and over again, this time decides to call Ben Hadad of Syria, of all people. 
He calls Ben-Hadad of Syria, makes a league with him to help him push back his countrymen, his brethren, uh, push them back up into Israel and, and block that off and do everything there. And he did. He, he hired him and he came down and he was victorious. But after the victory, a prophet of God showed up to Asa. A prophet of God showed up to Asa and he said, Were not the Ethiopians, Ethiopians, Ethiopians and the Lubims a very large host? Weren't they a very big uh, uh, enemy to you? And did not God come in a mighty way and deliver you from them? And you had to go and, and make a, 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 a league with Ben-Hadad, who you should have, who should have been an enemy as well. Right. But you went and you brought him in. And he said these ver- words in verse nine. Uh, I mean, I'm telling you, the, these these are there are some Bible verses that I, they, they're just they're, they're so uh, powerful. And this prophet told Asa, for the eyes of the Lord search to and fro through, uh, throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Asa said, God, or this prophet said, God is looking for somebody, anybody that he can show himself powerful to. And what he was saying to Asa was, he has already done it with you and he would do it again if you'd let him. But he didn't let him. And over and again, over and over and over and over, we see throughout the word of God, we see see throughout our own history and we see throughout church history, God uses the most unsuspecting among us to remind us what God can do with a life surrendered to him. Isn't it amazing some of the people that God uses, the no-names, the uneducated, the poor, the arrogant, yes, the arrogant, the self-centered, the goof-offs, the awkward. I mean, time after time after time, God uses the most unlikely people to remind us that anybody who will surrender themselves fully to God, God will do amazing things through their life. Do you believe that tonight? Do you believe that tonight? Yeah. I love over in Zechariah 4 and verse 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It's not us. It's not us. It's Him. It's Him. And as we begin this series in Peter, we are reminded in the life of Peter what God can do with one individual. That God can do the impossible through a life surrendered to him. Notice how this text starts out very simply, Peter. <laughs> Peter. See, his given name was Simon. That was his family name, Simon bar Jonah. Simon, son of Jonah. That was his given name. But over in Mark three sixteen, we see that Jesus gave him the surname of Peter. It wasn't his given name. Some has noticed the difference between Simon being his name in the flesh and Peter being his spiritual name. Every time you see him really kind of goof up, he's called Simon. When you see him actually uh, uh, following God, it's Peter. And it's kind of an interesting thing, and you can kind of weave your way through Scripture on your own time and see if see how much that really marks, how many how much that really turns out in Peter's life. But Simon and his is his is his earthly name. Peter was his given name, and he starts his letter out with the name that Jesus gave him, the surname, the nickname. Peter, Peter, a, a rock, a, a pebble, you know, not, not a rock rock, but a pebble, right? And so we know about Peter that he was a fisherman. We know that he was from Capernaum. If you've ever been to Israel, 
You go into the Sea of Galilee and you go to the very northern tip of the Sea of Galilee and you come to the city of Capernaum. Beautiful city right there on the Sea of Galilee. I wish I could take you there. It would be wonderful. Uh, I just I can't describe uh, the serenity and how beautiful it is uh, and, and how awful the weather can be. You can go online and see a lot of this. There's a video you can catch online of a storm coming up on the Sea of Galilee and it is amazing to watch uh, how... how terrifying this thing gets on this little uh this little uh lake this what we might call a lake but it's a sea 600 and oh i'm gonna forget now almost 700 feet below sea level is the sea of galilee and so he he was born there on that northern edge he uh, he was born there in capernaum it's where uh, archaeologists believe they have found his home they found the home that was was close to i've been, we've been through it and all of that it's close to where the synagogue was you, they say you can see where obviously something was added on to the home like it would have been a meeting place to hold church services or something to that effect and uh it's possible he was a fisherman by trade we know that listen that 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 was a that was a trade like we would have a a trade today i mean we have obviously we have fishermen that go out today if you've ever watched them i've watched them up in new england go out in these rafts and uh, the ocean the the oceans are just churning and rolling at the storms and you see these they look like rafts and these fishermen and they're just heading out out it not coming in heading out these guys are tough you know, uh, you read the old, if you ever read the, the story of Moby Dick by Melville, I'm telling you, and uh, they they would harpoon those. These boats were wooden boats. They'd get up next to them, these whales, and they'd throw the harpoon, and they would hang on as long as they could until that whale died, and then they'd dredge that thing back into and start cutting it up. and all. I mean, it was unbelievable. You see these boats, they're small. These guys were nuts, right? These guys are crazy. And this is this is really this is the fisherman today. Really, is a fisherman then. He was a fisherman in 1985. They're on the uh, over more towards almost towards. Uh, I believe it was over towards uh, Tiberius, maybe a little closer. There was uh, which is if 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 uh, Capernaum is here, Tiberius is uh, to the west and south, just a little bit on the shore there. And but they found 1985. There had been an awful drought in Israel, and they had been kind of having to irrigate as well. So they had really drained the Sea of Galilee down quite a bit. And somebody had noticed in the mud around the river, around the lakes, I'm sorry, around the sea, they had noticed a shape in the mud of a boat. And they began to excavate that. And what they had realized was what they had excavated was a, was a, a, a shipping vessel that they carbon-14 dated, which is only accurate to you know, maybe a couple thousand years but they carbon-14 dated that thing to be anywhere from, what well, I think it was like 30 B.C. to 60 A.D., that boat. They could get pretty close. They could see how it was constructed. They could see uh, the, you know, the methods of how it was built. And they're fairly sure that that boat would have been around at the time of Jesus. I've looked at the boat. It's in a big museum. And uh, it's probably as long from that door to this wall right over here. That's 
probably about as, as long as it is. It's probably as wide as this area that we're in here right now from this wall to that wall back there. Um, it, it is, it's, they're not very big. They're not very big. And, and they uncovered that thing. It had been petrified in all of that mud and everything. It was really interesting to see that. This is what he would have fished off of. This is what they, they would have fished off of out in the Sea of Galilee. This is Peter. He was, unlearned. He was an unlearned man. He, he, as far as we know, he probably only spoke Hebrew. This is why it's kind of crazy to think that he, the Catholics believe he ended up in Rome. He didn't speak Greek. He didn't speak Latin. He didn't speak, you know, he, he was a Hebrew-speaking man. And the likelihood that Peter could have got along in Rome only speaking Hebrew is probably pretty slim. Besides any of that, there's absolutely zero record, biblical or extra-biblical, uh, that, aside from what people have made up, that uh, has Peter ever in Rome. At the day of Pentecost, what did he do? He preached in Hebrew. And God made it so everybody could hear Peter in his language, right? Peter wasn't, he didn't have an interpreter. He didn't have uh, multiple languages that he spoke going on. He was compulsive. We know this. He had a real compulsive personality. You know anybody like that? <laughs> How about, anybody know themselves kind of compulsive? I, I've said, boy, I, I thank the Lord for the grace of God because I would have been a gambling alcoholic. I'm just a compulsive person. I know I am. And I, I, I was at the, we were at a birthday party for our nephew one time at Incredible Pizza. And my brother-in-law was giving out these little plastic cards with money on $12 so you could play the video games. Well, you know what your preacher found? He found this cool thing. It's all these lights right in the middle. And they have all these gold coins that are stacked up all in this thing. And this thing's pushing back and forth, right? And it's pushing coins off. And if it pushes them off, you get, you, you know, it spits out tickets and all that stuff. So I'm just sitting there studying this thing. I'm fascinated by it. It's just moving. And so I put my little card in and I get coins and I put one there. And it's dropping down and it pushed a couple off. And before I know it, my insides are twisting. And I'm like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I mean, I'm watching this thing. And, and I card it again. And I get some more. And all of a sudden I went, oh, I'm gambling. <laughs> what on earth? And then all of a sudden I was just indignant. They're just teaching kids to gamble. What is the, you know. And, but man, that's it's my personality. I know it is, you know. I'm, I mean, I'm like that. This is Peter. He's, he was compulsive. I mean, we see this. Uh, he followed Jesus. I mean, just immediately Andrew comes and gets him. I, we have found the, cry, I found the Christ. And we found the Messiah. Come and see. Boom, off he goes. And he's following Jesus immediately. I tell you, you, you channel that in the right way. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, you know, think about the progression of Peter's walk with Christ. Uh, Jesus said, whom do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? He says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And uh, he said, yeah, that's right, Peter. Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. But my father he was born again uh god had revealed this to him uh when jesus said to whom shall we he said uh you know will you go away also peter says well to whom shall we go for thou hast the words of life right uh, that excellent peter that's wonderful that's great you know but then jesus starts to tell him that i'm going to go to jerusalem i'm going to be delivered over and i'm going to be crucified he goes oh far be it for me i will never let this happen i will die with you and i will go with you and uh i mean he gets to the point of the uh the garden tomb, you know, at the at the garden of Gethsemane, I'm far, sorry, and he whacks off the ear of Malchus. I mean, this guy is compulsive. I mean, he is a he is zealous. I mean, he is all in for Jesus Christ, right? And then not too far later, it's not like, let me think about it. It's like, I don't know him. I don't know him. Blankety, blank, blank, blank. I don't know him. I mean, he's just, he's all over the map. 
He really is. This is Peter the man. This is who he is. This is who he is. But notice what he says next. Peter, an apostle. Now, you can turn back over to Matthew chapter 10, would you please? Matthew chapter 10. Jesus chose Peter to be an apostle. These were the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. He had many disciples by this time. Uh, they had followed him since John the Baptist. And, uh, but of all of his disciples, all that he could have chosen for apostles, Peter was one of the twelve that he chose. Look at Matthew 10. Look at verse 2. Now the names... I'm sorry. Look at verse 1. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the name of the twelve apostles are these. The first, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Lubius, whose thir- surname was Thaddeus. Anybody Was anybody singing the apostle song? I knew one would be singing that song, and uh, not now. Look over in, uh, over in Luke chapter 6 and verse 3. Luke chapter 6, look, I'm 6, look at verse 13. I don't have you turn very often, so, you know... Enjoy it for now. <laughs> and when it was day, he called on them his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom he named apostles. Simon, who was also named Peter, and Andrew his brother, and James, and list the rest of the apostles uh, there. Turn back over to Revelation 21. Look at Revelation 21, 14. Revelation 21, 14. I think I'm in the right place here. And the wall of the cities had twelve foundation, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And so here they are, right? Here they are in the holy city, the new, city, the new Jerusalem, the foundation of the twelve apostles. He had many disciples. Jesus had many disciples, but when it came down to choosing his apostles, Jesus chose Peter. He chose Peter as an apostle. Over and back in Matthew chapter 10, you can see the requirements for an apostle. Right? Back in, we could look at Revelation again, where Jesus told that church that, you know, he, was, he commended them for trying those who said they were apostles and were not. Many have come out and said they're apostles. There's still those today and uh, within the Pentecostal realm that believe they are apostles and they have the works of an apostle. And... Uh, so, Matthew chapter 10 tells us, we see that Jesus directly chose his apostles. Jesus told them, look at Acts chapter 1, you're familiar with this, I know. Acts chapter 1, look at verses 21 and 22. Acts chapter 1, verse 21, Wherefore of these men which have companied with us all the time, that the Lord Jesus went out in and out among us, so there we go, these apostles, Jesus, they were eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ. They were with him. He went in and out among them, they had a relationship with him. He watched, beginning from the baptism of John. Boy, they were right from the beginning. So what they're doing here is they're trying to find a replacement apostle for, um, for Judas. And so they're, they're setting down some criteria. Beginning from the baptism of John, unto that same day that he was taken from us, taken up from us, right? 
must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. So an apostle had to be a witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay? And so, these were the requirements of an apostle. 2 Corinthians 12, 12. We don't need to turn there tonight. Um, but we see the works and the miracles of an apostle. They were given the ability to do great works and miracles. So here's Peter. He is a tradesman. He was uneducated. He was compulsive. He was combative. He had the stick your foot in the mouth syndrome. Anybody have that? Yeah, I've got that one. Constantly. Constantly, right? He would have been the last choice anybody would have made, I think, to be uh, in a leadership position, let alone the foundation of the church of Jesus Christ. Yet God wanted to use Peter. God wanted to use Peter. But I want to show you a third thing about Peter. Notice what he says here. We have Peter the man. We have Peter the apostle. But I want to show you this here. Peter kind of rhymes, but I didn't really mean it to. The pen. P-E-N. See, in these parts of the country, we got to spell pen. Because it could be P-I-N or P-E-N, but we all say pen, right? Not pen. Anyway, we're trying, we're trying. Peter the pen of God, P-E-N. Right. His name was given to him by Jesus. Peter is, here it is, an apostle of Jesus Christ. His name given unto him by the Lord Jesus Christ. His office chosen by the Lord Jesus as well. Watch this. An apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers. To the strangers. What is he in, what, what, what do we know that's going on here? To the strangers. He's writing to them. That word writing doesn't have to be in there because he's, it's written, right? He's writing to the strangers. What is Peter? He's an apostle and he's a writer of the inspired word of God. God chose Peter for this. Who would you choose to write parts of the Bible? I wouldn't choose me. <laughs> yeah. Psalm 119, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. That word settled means that which stands firm. It's not moving. It's unmovable. The eternal God spoke, and when the eternal God speaks, they are eternal words. And once they have been spoken, they are forever spoken. Yeah. They're settled in heaven. Psalm 12, let's go to this. I'm looking at, I'm, I'm focusing here on the word of God. I want you, I want you to see this. I know this is an area of great contention. I, I know it is. But uh, I'll let you dive through it on your own. Psalm 12, a psalm of David, help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail among the children of men. They speak vanity, every one with his neighbor, with flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things. Who have said with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Right. So you, what do you have? These first forces? You have the words of man. You have man's words. Man's words. Man's declaration. Look at verse 5. For the oppression of the poor, for the sign of the needy. Now will I arise, saith the Lord. I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. Now watch. Man has spoken, now God speaking. 
So you have the words of man, and now you have the words of God. What does it say about the words of God? Look at verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified. See that? Seven times. Thou shalt keep them. Here's the contention right here. That word them. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. We know that the word of God is forever settled in heaven. It is established. It, is sta- it, is, it, will, it, it will stay there. But we also know from Psalm 12 that the word of God is preserved. He says, Thou shalt preserve them, O Lord. The words of the Lord. Listen, the words of the Lord are pure words, silver, as silver tried in the furnace of fire, earth purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them. He's keeping, they're protecting, they're guarding, right? They're preserving purified words. Purified words. Many people, I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you in on a, some of you, you know this very well. That word them, some people think it's, oh, it's just talking about the poor. And I think that's bad grammar. Uh, it's, I don't think them is referring to that. Them is referring to the words of God. And I contend that the words of God are preserved words. First Timothy three fifteen through 17 Paul told Timothy, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through, uh, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I'm talking about the Word of God, the inspired Word of God. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1.21, Peter's going to write this a little bit later, we'll look at it. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God were spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And what I'm talking about here is the inspired Word of God. Inspiration. What does inspiration mean? Sometimes mistakenly, without people realizing it, they say that the writers are inspired. God inspired the writers. No. The words are inspired. The words are God-breathed. When God's men spake, whether it were the prophets or whether these that are reading or writing here as Peter is, they were moved along by the Holy Ghost. Let me illustrate this to you. Here's a pen. Peter's a pen. <laughs> and not a very nice pen. These are like, what, about 48 cents? You know, not worth much. In that pen, what is this black area here? We know what that is, right? That is ink, right? That is ink. And this holds the ink, and this pen holds that that holds the ink. And you can hold that pen, and then you can write with it, right? If you want to think about it this way, that ink is the inspired Word of God. That is what God has breathed, right? The pen, the outer casing, this plastic that we hold, is Peter. And the Holy Spirit is moving along while he writes. Yeah. God chose Peter to pen, to be the instrument, watch, to, to be the instrument to write his word. 
if you have time, you need to go back and look at all of the, all of the, the cautions that were taken by those scribes of the Old Testament when they wrote the Word of God. It was unbelievable how, how serious they took it. God God chose Peter to follow him. He called him out. Andrew brought him to him and he followed. God chose Peter to be an apostle. God chose Peter to be a pin. Crazy Peter. Impulsive Peter. Foot in the mouth Peter. Denying Peter. Yeah. God God Obviously, uses the crazies. How many are glad for that? Yeah. You know, I kind of look at our ragtag bunch here. We have all different walks of life. We have all different abilities and inabilities and unabilities. Maybe that's the word. We have all of these things. And the world may look at Crimson Avenue Baptist Church and not see much. They might drive by the property and go, oh, is that it? Well, for now. They may see us come out and come in and go, eh, nothing too impressive. They visit and they leave. They visit and they leave. Can I tell you, though, no matter how crazy you might think you are, God can use you like He used Peter if you just surrender to Him. Absolutely. You know, he'll, he'll use you if you'll just go after your old friends. Yeah, we have a list of them, that Micahs that we keep praying for. Yeah. He'll use you if you can't get out often. And for three years you bug your buddy to come to church and he finally doesn't get saved. Hallelujah. Yeah. No, you don't have to be much. You just have to be surrendered. You just have to be surrendered. He'll use you if you go after your co-workers. Alan had one that was supposed to be here Sunday and got... Things came up, but he's still planning on coming. He's, he was so excited about that. I said he called. He said he was coming. What? <laughs> yeah. He'll use you. He used Peter. He'll use you if you'd let him. Yeah. He'll use you. Hey, he'll use you to reach people that nobody else can reach. He will use you to, to reach people that I will never reach. The moment you say preacher, people get nervous. And they just kind of boom, clam up sometimes. Sometimes they don't. He's going to, he'll use you. Peter, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, writing some of the inspired word of God. He'll use you in the most mundane places that you never imagine. Pray for a young man. I'll tell you his name when when offline here. I talked to him today and he texted me, yeah, I'd like to talk to you. He was over here working on the heat and air. At 20 years old, yeah, I'd like to talk to you. And we're going to try to set up a time. Another young man over there, 20, 21 years old. Tell you what, there's a lot of young kids that are looking for answers, friend. And they're not finding it where they've been. Yeah. Another one over here. Yeah. What do you, how did you meet that one? I don't know, just working on a church building. Yeah. Just moving dirt one day. You know, just, you know, hey, listen, what am I saying? It doesn't matter where you are. <laughs> If you are available and ready and usable, I'm telling you, God will bring people into our paths at the most uh, unthinkable times. So what am I saying? Quit thinking that you're not usable. 
Stop thinking that you're not in the right place. Oh, if I was over here, maybe, or if I did this, or if I had this background, or if I had this education, or if I had this uh, uh, family history, if I had grown up in church like they did, maybe I could do. No, 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 no. No. The eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the whole earth for a man that he might show himself mighty. He just wants somebody to say, I'm here. Yeah, And if he can use Peter, he can use any one of us. You know what Jesus did with that first 11? We read it, haven't we, before. It says that they turned the world upside down. Listen, don't ever think that this little church can't turn our town upside down. You need to believe that. You absolutely need to believe that because God, that is how big God is. You can look at all of these other big churches and you can look at all of these programs, you can look at all of these things. Right? If we just surrender... And be available. Yeah. You know, I, I think from, 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 this, from uh, the Word of God, I think we could say this, God is waiting for that. Yeah. I think that's His heart, right? I think it's pretty evident. Yeah. How many feel like a Peter? <laughs> How many felt like Peter, right? I'm just, uh, yeah. God can use you. Absolutely. Let's be available. Let's be available. As we dive into 1 Peter, oh, it's deep. Every doctrinal issue is dealt with in 1 Peter. It's incredible. And it's going to be a fire hose of stuff, but I'm looking forward to that. Father, thank you tonight. Thank you for the, the, the hope and, the, and just, the, uh, just the joy to know that you can use us, anybody, if we just surrender to you, if we be available to you, if we be yielded to you. doesn't matter our background. doesn't matter... Uh, how goofy we've been. It doesn't matter where we've messed up. It doesn't matter uh, what we don't have or inabilities or anything like that. We know that. We see that. We're so thankful for that tonight. And I just ask you that you'd remind us once again, uh, Lord, that that you can do great things. I just pray tonight that somebody would say to you with all of their heart, God, I'm here. You've got all of me. And if there's anything you don't have of me, show me. And I'll, and I'll, I'll give that over as well. We just need a surrendered people. Father, would you do that work tonight in Jesus' name? Amen. Why don't we stand tonight? We'll have a short invitation. Instrument to play. However the Lord has dealt with you, uh, you, you deal with the Lord tonight. Are you available? Are you yielded? Or <clears throat> are you surrendered? Has, has Satan been whispering to you that there's nothing left for you to do? It's not true. It is not true. Paul sat in prison. What did he do? Huh? Wrote a few letters. <laughs> right? Yeah.
Amen. Well, we'll have a, a visitation soul winning tomorrow night, 6.30. And uh, so looking forward to that and uh, be praying for that Saturday. Um, just hopefully by Friday I'll know a little bit better. Probably have a, if you're able to uh, have a little bit of a work day, we'll start moving some stuff, a little more cleaning and things like that. A lot of the uh, little bigger, those big chairs and stuff are up, and so that's pretty easy. So um, just stay tuned by Friday. I'll get trying.